Do you love early intervention, but feel like you need more mentorship and information to thrive in this setting? We're here to provide a safe, inclusive community where we learn from and uplift one another. It's our mission to prepare students and practitioners to be confident and competent working in early intervention. Hi, I'm Amira Johnson. I'm Danielle DiLorenzo. And I'm Sarah Putt. And together, we're the real OTs of early intervention. Hey, Danielle, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing really good today. Amira, how are you doing? I'm feeling good. I'm ready to tackle this week and I'm so excited about it. So today we are going to take a step back and talk about what is early intervention. We've had a lot of questions about just what is early intervention. We talk about it so much. So during this episode, we will be talking about what is early intervention, what supports and services are offered, and what it looks like. This episode is brought to you by OT for Life. If you love connecting with other occupational therapy practitioners and getting inspired by all the amazingness that our profession has to offer, head on over to otforlife.com. That's OT, the number four, L-Y-F-E.com for more resources. And while you're there, take a listen to the OT for Life podcast. We jumped into talking about so many different elements of early intervention, and we realized that we just got really excited. We love early intervention. We know what we do, but we wanted to take a step back and talk about what this practice area is and what it looks like as an OT in this practice area. So Sarah, let's start with you. What does it mean when we say early intervention? Ooh, I love this question. And I think to me, the root of early intervention is really working with our clients and working with their families from the very, very beginning. I have had clients that come to me that are only a few days old, maybe six months old, maybe a year and a half. So basically kind of anywhere between that birth to three years of age range is what I'm familiar with. And that is, for me, that's what early intervention is. But I do want to take a step back and just mention that depending on where you are geographically, location-wise, early intervention can look a little bit different depending on where it is that you are. So I know for me, it's birth to three years of age, but in other places, it can be birth to five years of age. So be aware that depending on where you are, where you're located, what company, what organization you work for, it can look a little bit different. So today, I think we'll just kind of jump into what we're familiar with and what early intervention means and and looks like for us. So in OT school, I remember we always used to talk about the OT elevator speech and how do you quickly sum up your profession? So Danielle, my question to you is what is your elevator speech for early intervention? Early intervention is an amazing program that provides supports and services that strengthens the family dyad to support the child's overall development and independence in everything that they do. It is about the unique relationship that each parent has with their child and being able to look at the supports that are in place, the barriers that need to get knocked down, and for us as early intervention practitioners to help guide, empower, and educate the family on how they can interact with their baby to bring out the best skills and support that development across a lifespan. It's the foundation of being able to help a family that has discovered their child might not be following the typical developmental continuum in ways 
that are positive to support their child in all areas. It is a family-based program. It is different from all other practice settings. And it's amazing. Also, what early intervention means to me is an opportunity to uniquely help each family that is presented to me on my caseload. There is no one size fits all in providing family-based care. And that's why occupational therapists within early intervention have such a unique role because not only are we a client-centered profession, but now we're entering a family-based profession where our clients are already at the center. And now we're just using everything that we know about the person, their occupations, their environment to be able to provide those supports and knock down those barriers so that they can just be parents and feel competent and confident in raising their child. I love that you said that OTs have a unique role in early intervention because that was something that took adjusting on my part because we learn about pediatric OT and we learn it within a scope. And then we go out on field work and we see it within a scope, whether you're an outpatient peds or inpatient. And it's very it's very narrow to what you're going to be addressing. And when I started an early intervention, I quickly learned that, you know, they refer to me as an early interventionist a lot of times, you know, yes, I am an occupational therapist, but in this setting, I'm an early interventionist. And what that really means is I might be doing way more than I learned just being a pediatric OT and what that means and what that looks like. And so I can remember realizing I had to learn about potty training and I had to learn about, you know, the best way to promote family meal time. And I had to learn about the different discipline approaches there were out there because those were the questions that they would ask me as an OT. That is not something that at least I learned in OT school. I didn't learn much about potty training or what night terrors were. So there's so many different elements that come up in early intervention again, Danielle, because you're supporting the whole family. So that's not going to be just specific to fine motor skills or gross motor skills or communication. You know, sometimes my whole session is about facilitating an interaction between the siblings. And that's, again, something that you don't really learn in OT school. So there's a lot of learning that has to be had when you are in this practice setting. But I love that it is so family centered and it's so routines based. And, you know, the strategies that we give and the goals that we do, they're all to support, yes, our kiddo who is our client, but also to support the family. It's not just looking at our clients. It really is looking at the entire family. And I think a lot of times when I refer to my client, I am kind of talking about the child. But then when I sit back, I'm like, no, I'm talking about mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, siblings, anybody that is involved in the care of the child who is needing extra support here. So it is such a different and unique practice area because if you're in a school, you're working with that client. Yes, you might be collaborating with other team members and that type of stuff, but it really is about the client and not so much about what is happening in the home with the family, with the siblings and everything there. So it does kind of bring this different kind of lens that we have to have that is extremely holistic. It's extremely all-encompassing and it can be overwhelming because we are looking at so many different things. But I think that really is what makes early intervention special because we can focus on anything that is either a strength or a weakness within that child and that family's life. To piggyback off of using a different lens and having different perspectives with each client and each family that we are servicing, it is important to know that even if you have clients that have the same goals, the perspective and the treatment 
parent approach that goes into that will look completely different from one child to the next. And that's the uniqueness of family-based therapy. There is no one size fits all. You really have to use your clinical reasoning and your skills as a practitioner, as an early interventionist, not an occupational therapist, to be able to look at what each family needs, what supports and services would be best to meet their family goals and how to form your treatment plans around what the family needs and what the child needs, which even if you're working on attention for five or six kids, those treatment sessions might look very different from kid to kid based on the family, their unique needs, and what supports fit best with the child and the family's unique sensory makeups, because you're also taking into consideration where the families are at and where you are in relation to how you can support that family as best as you can. So often I think people misunderstand early intervention as in you're just working with the baby. And yes, the baby is the center, but then think of it as a circle. The baby's in the circle in the center, and then each ring that surrounds it is their family, their support systems, their siblings, all of these things. And then here you are trying to make sure that all of it flows and connects to support the overall development of the child. Because remember, early intervention is an at-risk program in itself, as well as providing services for individuals that may or may not have a diagnosis or are falling under that developmental delay. And what this is supposed to do is help to create that foundation from the very beginning so that the gap continues to get smaller rather than larger from a developmental perspective across this individual's lifespan. So it's a really unique role that we do play. And I think having that OT lens within early intervention really helps us facilitate and empower the entire family to be as independent as possible in all areas of their journey through parenting. And Danielle, you mentioned a couple of times supports and services as being a key part of what early intervention is. So just to kind of list out some of those, you'd have occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, developmental specialist, and they are usually individuals who have an early childhood background. And so they're able to work on some general developmental goals. And then on our team, we also have vision and hearing specialists who can work with visually and hearing impaired kiddos. We also have child psychology and we have social work. So there are a lot of different supports and services and a team that you might find yourself working directly or indirectly with in early intervention. And actually, I have one more kind of type of service that I wanted to throw in here too. And again, it depends on on your location and, and where you are actually practicing. But we have what we call a center-based program. So this is for kids that are in early intervention, but they're 18 months or older. And I liken it as kind of like a pre-preschool program. Now, pre-COVID time, that's when, they, when kids could be going to the facility. So a lot of them aren't operating at the time of this recording, but or at least operating in the same sense that they have been. But that is where they actually have a team of OTPT speech and a teacher and the kiddos go for, I think it's like two to three hours, two or three times a week. And it's almost like this little like classroom environment that they have and they have centers and all the team members work together. And it's really this like fully embedded kind of pre-preschool type program for the kiddos too. And that is an option for certain kiddos within the early intervention realm. And also back in Pennsylvania, we had an at-risk program where if students didn't qualify for early intervention, 
whatever the area of concern is. So if it was communication, it would be a speech pathologist, fine motor, gross motor attention, sensory, occupational therapist, and so on, would do home visits once a month and provide strategies and suggestions to the family so that they can continue to progress with their development. And also as a monitoring system to be able to identify if that child's gap was starting to get larger, to reassessment was in place to see if they would in fact qualify then for early intervention services. So it really is very unique to the state that you are in and the area even within the state that you're in that really talks about what those unique supports and services are wherever you are. Some early intervention programs offer a lot of parent classes and parent education classes where they're talking about potty training, they're talking about behavior, they're talking about beginning speech and all this type of stuff. So it can be very direct treatment based, but it can also be kind of group parent classes as well. So there's kind of this overall kind of scope that we really can do as early interventionists. Not only what the supports and services are, but also where they're provided is another key part to talk about when we're talking about what is early intervention. So I personally have primarily practiced in the homes, but I've also gone to the daycares. Now I know, Danielle, you've had a couple of different places that you've provided early intervention services. So I kind of want to ask you, what are some of those places that you've been able to still provide EI services? So I would provide them in the home, in the daycares, at medical fragile daycares. I would provide them under supervised court visits at the court location itself. I've also done sessions in shopping centers, in parks, at theme parks, And pretty much I go wherever the area of concern is. So for example, I had a mom that could not take her son to Target or any store because he would literally clear off the aisles as he would run down them. So we would practice and go into Target and in the real moment, provide strategies and supports for both the mom and the child. It's imperative to know that early intervention is a service. The place of early intervention is anywhere where the area of concern is and the family needs support. Today, you heard from us about this practice setting and what it means to practice in early intervention, what some of the supports and services are, and even where we practice as EI providers. If you are interested about learning more about early intervention, we encourage you to look into your specific state. As we've mentioned a couple of times, early intervention truly varies depending on what state you are in. So look up your state's program to find out more things about how much it might cost to families, about where you can provide services, whether you're working on a team. These are all questions that you'll want to have for your specific state. And stay tuned because we know that this episode was a brief overview about what early intervention is, but there are so many other details that we'll be talking about in future episodes. So stay tuned as we dive in to talking more about what is early intervention and what you can expect as an early intervention practitioner. You've heard about early intervention where we practice, and now we want to hear from you. What is early intervention like in your state? What is your early intervention elevator speech if you currently practice in early intervention? We want to hear from you. So head on over to our website, therealots.com, or shoot us a message on our Instagram page at therealots.com. We're so excited you joined us today. Check out our website, therealots.com, for more information about anything discussed in the episode. 
and sign up for our email list so you don't miss out on any of our awesome EI resources. And join our amazing community of students and practitioners to get your questions answered and learn from others working in early intervention. Whether you're in the car, on your lunch break, or signing in to your next virtual session, thanks for keeping it real with the real OTs of early intervention.